Welcome, folks, to episode 26 of Future Flicks. This is the first big week of 2017 as we have 11 movies for you. This week we have three heavy movies, three horrors, and a movie that looks dumber than Crocs with socks. It's the week of January 13th, and this is Future Flicks with Billion. Well, everyone, welcome back. It's episode 26, and we're right back into it. Did you guys enjoy the Future Flicks Awards? What'd you think? Did you, did you agree with uh, with my nominations and my, my winners, or losers, depending on the category? The day after I posted that, I woke up to a message from Snarf Chris, uh, who was just a little surprised with, a, uh, with one of my picks. So let's see if he says something in the next episode of the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast. Let's, let's see what he says. Well, let's jump right into this huge week we have with the news. Hans Zimmer will perform at Coachella this year. So fans of overpriced and overhyped music festivals everywhere will get a chance to hear him perform live. So good for you if you have too much time and too much money on your hands. Good for you. In an interview with People Magazine, J.J. Abrams said that he wants to stray away from remakes and reboots and do a more original work. This is really good news, but a little troubling at the same time, at least to me it is. He does reboots well, and Hollywood has trouble finding people who can do reboots well. So just because he isn't going to do it doesn't mean Hollywood is going to stop. All we're losing is someone who can do a good job at reboots. That's it. But on the bright side, more original content from J.J. Abrams. So there's that to look forward to. Joe Carnahan, the writer of Smoking Aces, The A-Team, and Pride and Glory, has finished the Uncharted script. This is the movie based off the popular game series of the same name. Director Sean Levy is attached to this. He directed Night at the Museum movies, as well as This Is Where I Leave You. This has good people attached to it. It's just too bad that anyone they pick to play Nathan Drake that isn't Nathan Fillion is going to be the wrong choice. In an interview with Variety's Dave McNary, Lionsgate executives said that their main focus is now Power Rangers, Robin Hood, and Kingkiller Chronicle. According to The Guardian, LA has won the battle to host George Lucas's Museum of Narrative Art. So you have to come all the way to Cali if you want to visit this museum. Cali for the win. That's right. And that's all the news that mattered to me this week, so let's get on with the movies and start with Monster Trucks. Trip wants to escape from his hometown and he needs to find a way out. So he builds a monster truck, of course. After an accident forces a Japanese tentacle porn monster from its hiding place, Trip befriends the monster who finds a new home in his monster truck. Like, inside the actual truck. And not only that, this monster is able to control the vehicle. Oh, f- me this is stupid this stars lucas till from x-men first class jane levy from don't breathe barry pepper from enemy of the state rob lowe from parks and rec danny glover from lethal weapon and thomas lennon from reno 911 these guys must have thrown a lot of money at barry pepper because that guy is a fantastic actor and can do so much better than this so maybe he just wanted to buy a new home this year maybe that was it This was directed by Chris Wedge, who directed Robots and Epic, 
And I can tell you two things about this. Two things I'm certain of. The first, that this is going to be awful. And the second, Japan is going to make a porn parody about this and call it Monster F***. This movie had an estimated budget of $125 million. What asshole thought that was a good idea? Uh, sir, I have an idea. Oh, let's hear it. A mutated octopus befriends a young redneck and drives his truck. Oh, that's a great idea. Let's do it. This is a stupid idea. There's a point when an idea can be too stupid for any actors to save it. And no matter how fun the movie it is, it probably can't even save it either. Because it's a stupid idea. Monster Trucks gets a 3 out of 11. I bet you the porn parody will be better than the actual movie. Alright, the next film on this week's list is Worlds Apart. Three separate love stories are set during a time of socio-economic turmoil in Greece. This stars J.K. Simmons from Whiplash, and also stars the director and writer Christopher Papakaliatis. Uh, that's one way to make sure you get roles, right? Write and direct your own movies? It works for Ben Affleck, but Ben Affleck's good. Christopher Papakaliatis can be, uh, could be a great actor. Uh, I just don't know. I just don't know yet. He hasn't done much that I've seen, or anything that I've seen. Uh, this is a Greek movie, if you hadn't already guessed, and it's a political drama romance. Based on that genre, I should have a gigantic hard-on for this movie. Uh, but I don't. I'm not even half-masked here. This looks like one of those movies that's supposed to be good, but I just can't make myself care. This looks more like an excuse for Papakaliatis to give himself a starring role in something. Sure, there are people out there good enough to act, write, and direct their own movies. I just mentioned Ben Affleck. And sure, Papakaliatis could be one of those people, but this trailer didn't do anything to get me interested in the film. Maybe this is going to be really good, but I have to base my interest level score on what I gather from the trailer. And from what I gather from the trailer is that Worlds Apart gets a 5 out of 11. Can you tell I'm getting a little sick again? Can you tell that for the third or fourth time in the next in the past few months I've been getting sick? That's what you get when you work in retail. I had someone openly cough on me, an adult openly cough on me the other day. I wanted to jump over the cash register and choke them out right there. What kind of gross, mouth-breathing plebeian does that? I mean, come on. Retail workers should get hazard pay. That's the way it should be. The bonus is that if I get sick enough, my voice will get deep enough, and I can do a impression of Ken from the Watch Your Mouth podcast. So let's drop the mooring cable from this Zeppelin. Not quite there yet. I can, I can get it. I, I believe in myself. Well, let's get on with the next set of movies. The next three movies are the three horrors coming out this week. The first of which is The Bye-Bye Man. <laughs> That's a silly name. Oh my god. Three college students move into a new house and find themselves the target of The Bye-Bye Man, an evil entity that finds a way to kill anyone who says or thinks his name. This stars Douglas Smith from Big Love, Lucien Laviscount from Scream Queens, Faye Dunaway of all people from Chinatown, and Carrie Ann Moss from The Matrix. See, this is what happens when you move into an old ass house. Don't do that and you won't die an awful death. Simple. F***ing stay out of old houses. I would just be a bit more stoked about this movie if it didn't have such a terrible name. The Bye Bye Man sounds like what a kid calls a CPS worker who took him away from his terrible parents. The movie's catchphrase, don't say it, don't think it, sounds like it could also be the catchphrase for a movie about don't ask, don't tell. 
This isn't a terribly original idea, but at least it has enough newish stuff to add to it that it doesn't feel like a carbon copy of another movie. The idea that the Bye Bye Man can make you see stuff to get you to kill yourself, like getting you annoyingly to walk in front of a train or something, is a good idea, and the fact that the more you think about the Bye Bye Man, the more he comes after you, is just slightly terrifying. The problem is, with an idea like this, I bet you that everyone is going to die. Or if that one of the kids somehow survives, the movie will hint that she or he will end up dying anyway just after the credits roll. Or if they somehow defeat him, guess what? You can't defeat the bye-bye man. And then that's how it's going to end. This is the kind of movie that you say for Halloween and you wait for it to go on Super Sale or find it streaming. This doesn't look bad, just not great. It's not worth the effort to go out and find. The Bye Bye Man gets a 6 out of 11. Next up, we have Pitchfork. A group of college kids get attacked by a dude with a pitchfork on his hand. No one worth mentioning is involved in this at all. Not the actors, director, or writer. Every so often, some people will try and create a new slasher villain. The problem is, no one cares anymore. That isn't the type of horror that mainstream people will like. Horror fans? Sure, why not? They may love it. Or not, because this trailer doesn't give me any hope that this is going to be any good. I was talking to Roz from the Somewhat Nerdy site and Roz's Midnight Macabre, and he says, and he basically agrees with me, that the time for slasher movies in the spotlight is gone. And while horror fans may love some of these new slashers that people come up with, mainstream people don't. You want a good one that had every right to turn big, but never did? Watch Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. But let's get back to the movie at hand because my tummy's a little grumbly and I have to take a big old dump all over this film. This looks like someone walked into a Best Buy and bought the cheapest camera they could, bribed some college kids with some weed, and got them to be in the movie. Sure, films like this can be winners. But then again, I could also win the lottery. I can't recommend this to you at all. It's not that movies with no budget, famous faces, or notable crew can't be good. And what's a shame is that even when movies like this are good, it doesn't get any mainstream love, so there's not going to be a sequel. Unless, unless the cult following can get so big it warrants another one. That's kind of what happened with Hatchet, though Hatchet had a nice budget for a no-name slasher film, and I've heard rumors of a sequel to Behind the Mask, but I, I haven't seen anything about that yet, so I'm not going to hold my breath. Uh, something to make note of is that this movie, a Pitchfork that is, has won seven different awards at small film festivals for Best Horror, Best Director, and Best Feature. But then again, festival accolades don't really mean that much. As we learn time and time again, the sort of people who give awards at these festivals, critics, and awards show people, rarely see eye to eye with your average moviegoer. Pitchfork gets a 2 out of 11. Alright my friends, we have one movie left before the break, and it's the final horror of the week. That movie is Attack of the Lederhosen Zombies. A group of snowboarders are stuck in the Alps when zombies attack. A third horror movie, and the second with a small budget and no big names. But the difference between this one and Pitchfork is that this one looks funny. It looks stupid, over the top, and like a uh, ridiculous zombie comedy horror. Did I say that right? Zombie comedy horror. That's right. I said that. 
This is the kind of film you watch because it's ridiculous. It knows it's ridiculous and cheeses it up. The teaser trailer showed a goofy-looking zombie stumbling out of the cabin and a snowboarder goes down a hill, grinds up onto the roof of the cabin, and knocks the zombie's hand off. Yep, you heard that right. So check it out. It's on YouTube. And it's just going to be a hint of how ridiculous the movie is. But you know what? Don't see this in theaters. Please don't. Sure, it's going to be funny, but it'll also be available to stream one day. Wait for that. Attack of the Lederhosen Zombies gets a 4 out of 11. And that's it for the first half of Future Flicks with Billion, my friends. It's time for a word from our friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio. Imagine yourself on a journey with the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast crew as we travel through forgotten realms and far-off galaxies. Your captains, the sensational Snarf Chris and the cunning Critter, constantly face an element of danger. Welcome to the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast. The bright light in the podcast sphere. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio today on iTunes and SoundCloud or stream it at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. And welcome back. Let's start this second half with the first movie called Sleepless. The son of a suspected dirty cop gets kidnapped and the cop must do all he can to get his son back. This stars Jamie Foxx from Django Unchained, Gabrielle Union from Bring It On, Michelle Monaghan from Source Code, and David Harbour from Suicide Squad. This is based off a French film called Nuit Blanche, or Sleepless Night. And when I mean based on, I mean it's the same film. This is like what Scorsese did with The Departed, uh, based on the Chinese movie Infernal Affairs. But The Departed was really good, because Scorsese basically did a shot-for-shot remake, but put his own touch to it. Only time will tell how close Nuit Blanche is to Sleepless. That aside, this looks good, but not movie theater good. This is coming out the same week as an Oscar contender and a better-looking gangster film. I say that, but even as even if this was the only movie coming out this week, I'd still recommend a pass. It looks interesting, but the kind of interesting that'd be better enjoyed from the comfort of your own home. This has good actors in it, but that's not enough to entice me. This looks like a by-the-numbers crime thriller, which can be very enjoyable movies, but like I said, best watched at home. What bothers me is that if you're going to pick any foreign movie to copy, why do a by-the-numbers movie like this? Why not pick something different? That's what Scorsese did with The Departed. Infernal Affairs may have been a crime drama, but there was enough different to it that got me interested and that got me really into the movie. Why didn't the creators of this movie pick something different? There have to be a plethora of other scripts floating around out there with a slightly more original plot. As interesting as this looks, I'm still left scratching my head. Why? Sleepless gets a 5.5 out of 11. Next up on the list is a movie called OK Janu. Adi and Tara both move to Mumbai and they just happen to meet and instantly fall for each other. They start a fast-paced relationship, but will pursuing their dreams bring an end to their love? God damn, I love Bollywood. 
Bollywood loves to make romance movies. I love to watch romance movies, thus I love Bollywood. There's some Lewis Carroll level logic for you right there. I've seen trailers of, for movies like this before from India, and I never end up seeing them. Even the ones I'm really excited for. I tell myself I'm going to remember, but it slips my mind like uh, knowledge after a test. Uh, this is going to be really short because I always say the same thing about these movies. I don't know enough about Bollywood to give a thoughtful critique. If I knew as much about Bollywood as I did Hollywood, I could go on and on about it. I, per I really could. Just because I could say, oh, this movie has been done before. It was just like this other film that came out like, a couple months ago. Don't see this garbage. Or I could say, look, this is a new spin on this idea that this other guy did. This looks awesome. Uh, but I can't. All I can say is that, okay, Janu looks cute. You're not going to be able to see it. If you want to see this, you have to make a note somewhere. Like a physical note or on some sort of note-taking app. So do one of those if you want to see it. Otherwise, you're going to be like me and you're going to forget. Okay, Janu gets a 6.5 out of 11. Next up in this week's offerings is a movie called The Book of Love. Henry's wife makes him promise to help a young homeless teenager, so he tries and fails. After his wife dies in a car accident, he makes it his mission to try again and help the young woman and her dream of building a raft to sail across the Atlantic. This stars Jason Sudeikis from We Are the Millers, Jessica Biel from The Illusionist, Macy Williams from Game of Thrones, Mary Steenburgen from Step Brothers, Orlando Jones from Evolution, and Paul Reiser from Aliens. Finally, a movie I may actually see. This film was directed and co-written by Bill Purple, who's directed the show Fresh Off the Boat, and written by Robbie Pickering, who wrote the show Search Party. Two shows I've never seen, but maybe you guys have seen them, so there could be some reference for you, right? There's something about comedic actors doing dramatic roles that usually blows me away. Steve Carell made the switch to drama and hasn't looked back, and he's been amazing. Jim Carrey did it, Robin Williams did it, Emma Thompson did it. While this is a light-hearted movie, it looks like Sudeikis gets a few really good scenes to flex his dramatic muscles. And from what I can tell from the trailer, he has them. Do I think he's suddenly going to make the switch like Carell did? No, I, I don't think he's there yet, if he even wants to. But it's good to know that he can, that he is good enough. Uh, Macy, 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 whatever. I'm going to say Macy. Macy Williams is a good actress, but I'm not sure how this southern accent will work out on her. The trailer shows it working well, but if it falters, they're not really going to use that scene for the trailer, are they? That's always iffy. Going into movies where someone puts on a fake accent, it's either going to really work like Hans Gruber hit his accent. Hans Gruber, of course, played by the amazing Alan Rickman. Or it's going to fail like Julia Roberts and Mary Riley. I had to watch a trailer for this movie, uh, for Mary Riley, I mean, just to refresh my memory on how bad it was. And I think I was too young at the time. When it came out, I was too young to truly appreciate what a terrible job she did. So watch the trailer for Mary Riley. You can find it easily. And then after you watch it, remind yourself that that was supposed to be an Irish accent. There you go. That's your comedy for the day. You're welcome. But just because an actor or actress is good doesn't mean they can pull off an accent. So time will tell how Williams works out. Now, this is going to be one of those heartwarming movies where a character suffers a tragedy and finds themselves by helping others. While this particular story hasn't been told before, the overall idea has been done before. So this is a safe movie for these people to make. 
That's a safe movie for you to watch if this is a type of film you like. This doesn't look like some must-see movie. It just looks good. Something to keep your eye on for later. But don't go out of your way for it. The Book of Love gets a 7 out of 11. Alright, next up folks, next up on the list we have a movie called Patriot's Day. This is the account of the events leading up to the Boston Marathon bombing, the aftermath, and the following manhunt to find the person responsible. This stars Mark Wahlberg, of course from the show Wahlbergers, John Goodman from The Big Lebowski, Michelle Monaghan in her second movie this week from Gone Baby Gone, and J.K. Simmons in his second movie this week from Law and Order. All right, let's chit-chat about this movie. Let's do it. There are two big opposing groups talking about this, and they represent different sides of the same argument. If you if you couldn't tell that when I said opposing. The first side is that this is just a gross attempt to make money off of tragedy. Basically, they're saying this is tragedy porn. Uh, there is the opposite group of people who believe that movies like this are made to honor the heroes from the events like the Boston Marathon bombing. But do you want to know where the truth is? I'll tell you. So sit down and ready your gullet because here comes the truth train. The truth is in the middle. People like director Peter Berg, who did Lone Survivor, and actors like Mark Wahlberg, I I truly believe they chose this project to honor those fallen. Mark Wahlberg is from Boston and does anything to support Boston. I saw his brother Donnie Wahlberg play live one time and he just was decked head to toe in every Boston thing you could have. His family is all about Boston. So I believe the minute this movie came on the radar somewhere, Mark Wahlberg was like, no, this is mine now. I do this. And I also believe that there is somewhere in this vast network of executives and people who fund these films, there are people in it just for the money. People who know that when we make movies off of tragedy, off of national tragedy, and hold those heroes up up, up on high, that it gets money. So those people are doing it for selfish reasons. So that's why I believe the truth is in the middle. There are people involved in this, maybe a great number of people too, who believe in the project, who want to do good for those lost and for those heroes that worked so hard during these times. But I also believe that there are a bunch of fat cat, fat cats somewhere wanting to line their pockets with more money. But back to the film. This looks good. It's going to be a winner. It's not going to be as heavy as any 9-11 movie is going to be just because the movies about 9-11 are usually about the people who died saving lives, while this movie is mainly going to focus on the hunt to bring a monster to justice. Mark Wahlberg is a reliable actor. He has a certain type of character he can play, and he knows it. So he picks roles that he'll fit in. That's one of his strengths. He doesn't He doesn't have a wide range, but he knows, he sees a role going, hey, I can do this. I can fit the way I am, the way I portray lots of characters to fit this character in the script. I can do that. Monahan, Simmons, Goodman, they have a wider range and can fit nicely into most roles they pick. Peter Berg is a reliable director, and he even had a hand in writing the film. So he has a pretty good idea of what the vision for it was because it was his vision, or partially his vision. And even though I said this isn't going to be as heavy as a 9-11 movie, it's still going to be heavy. This is still a movie about a national tragedy. So this is going to be good, but you're going to have to ask yourself if this is the movie for you. Do you want to see this in theaters? Do you even want to see it when it comes out to own or on streaming? Patriot's Day gets an 8 out of 11. 
Alright movie lovers, I have two movies left and normally here's where I say I have one pick, which one is my pick? But this week I have two picks, so I'll tell you why a bit later, but let's get on with my first pick of the week, and that's Live By Night. This is the story of a bootlegger who climbs the ranks of Florida's underworld to become a feared gangster. This stars Ben Affleck from Reindeer Games, Ellie Fanning from Super 8, Brendan Gleeson, who played Mad-Eye Moody in the Harry Potter series, Sienna Miller from Burnt, Zoe Saldana from Guardians of the Galaxy, and Chris Cooper from American Beauty. Ben Affleck also directed, produced, and wrote the screenplay. This is based off a book by Dennis Lehan, who wrote books like Mystic River and Shutter Island. This is a period gangster film, and it looks fantastic. What sets it apart from other gangster films is that it takes place in Florida, home of old people in Disney World, and the ever-famous Florida Man. The cast for this movie is fantastic. Ben Affleck is amazing. Ellie Fanning, like I said in my Future Flex Awards podcast, which you should totally check out, by the way, is going to surpass her sister. Brendan Gleeson, Sienna Miller, Zoe Saldana, Chris Cooper have all done great work so hopefully these wonderful actors have a worthy script to work with. Like we've learned so many times in the past, you can have a great cast, but a bad script will make a movie unsavable, no matter who is working on it. The good thing about Live By Night, which can, which can also be said about the next movie, is that you know if it's your kind of film. Do you like gangster films? Movies with, the, with possibly fantastic dramatic scenes and very gritty, very realistic violence? then this is the movie for you. This is another safe bet. It's going to be good, and you just have to ask yourself if this one is up your alley. I truly believe that, that you're, at the very least, going to enjoy it, if not think it's really good. Ben Affleck is a reliable actor and director, and it's about time we lose this silly stigma attached to his name. Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice wasn't good for a number of reasons, but Ben Affleck wasn't one of those reasons. Live by Night gets a 9 out of 11. Alright folks, it's time for my second pick of the week and the final movie I'm going to be discussing. And if you haven't guessed yet, that movie is Silence. Two Jesuit priests go to Japan to find out what happened to their mentor who apostated in public after being captured and tortured. The two must stay hidden or else suffer a terrible fate but their beliefs call them into the service to do all they can for the Japanese Christians who must hide their faith or suffer terrible consequences. This is a Martin Scorsese film, and it's based off a fantastic book by Shusaku Endo. Scorsese, of course, is the man behind such amazing films as The Wolf of Wall Street, Gangs of New York, Raging Bull, Taxi Driver, The Departed. Uh, this stars future Oscar winners Andrew Garfield from Hacksaw Ridge and Adam Driver from This Is Where I Leave You and Oscar nominee Liam Neeson. And I truly believe that Andrew Garfield and Adam Driver are future winners of an Academy Award. They are going to get it because they are amazing actors. And here is why I had two picks this week. Silence is going to be heavier than a Harambe memorial made out of lead. I'm not quite done with the book, but even if it's a happy ending, it's still been a dark journey. Maybe such a deep and dark movie isn't for you. 
That's why you really have to be considerate of this when you go out, if you go out to see it. This movie takes place in Japan during the Tokugawa era where the shogun was in power and kicked all foreigners out of Japan and closed the country off. On top of that, he outlawed Christianity because basically God was above him and no one was above the shogun. That, of course, was a super layman's version of what happened in Japanese history. Say what you will about Star Wars Episode 7, but Adam Driver is a great actor, and pairing him with Andrew Garfield is nothing short of brilliant. What really impresses me about this film is that the Japanese are actually played by Japanese. Hollywood is infamous for not really caring about the ethnicity of actors when they put them in roles. Are you Latin American of any sort? Then you can play a Mexican. Do your eyes slant? Then you can play an Asian. Is your skin white? You can be American. I'd be more okay with it if it was equal. But if you make a movie where you turn a white character into any other race, then white nationalists everywhere will have a cow. You turn a black character white, my god, you will be destroyed. This movie was made only because Scorsese wanted it. If anyone else had shown interest, then some executive somewhere would have made them change it from Japan to Europe or something else. There's a script floating around in Hollywood right now about Chinese railroad workers in America and the Chinese women that moved over here to help the men build a home. The problem is that anytime this writer presents a script to someone, they want to get rid of the Chinese and make them all Irish. That's why it was important that Martin Scorsese made this movie. He wanted Japanese, he got Japanese. You don't tell Martin Scorsese what to do, he tells you what to do. Oh, okay, end of rant. Silence looks beautifully shot with period accurate set designs and costumes. The right actors were chosen who can bring these characters to life. Scorsese is the right director to bring this book to the silver screen. He can bring his own touch to it, but without changing too much. The Departed has his style written all over it, but was still almost a shot-for-shot -shot remake of Infernal Affairs. Silence is going to be a best picture contender. Garfield and Driver are going to earn nods for this too. This is going to be one of the biggest movies of 2017. The reason why it wasn't my only pick is because it's going to be one of the darkest movies of 2017. Watch the trailers. Read the premise for it. Read the premise for the book. See if you can like go into the go into a bookstore and find a copy of the book and read a bit. Find out if this is the movie for you because you have to be in the right mood to see a deep, serious movie. A movie that's really going to hit you right in the feels. Silence is the movie I'm most excited for, and it is my personal pick, but it might not be the right pick for you. So just be weary before you go see it. Silence gets an 11 out of 11. Alright folks, well that's it. That's it for episode 26 of Future Flicks with Billiam. I, of course, am your ever-wonderful, ever-humble host, William. And thank you for bearing with me. This episode came out a day late because I had been working on the Future Flix Awards during the weekend and also trying to work on a Monster Calls review. So please stay tuned for that and please remember to check out the Future Flix Awards. But let's wrap this up with the usual housekeeping. You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spreaker, and any podcast listening app. I would greatly appreciate it if you give me all the stars, all the likes, all the whatever possible you can. Your support tells me that this is a worthy endeavor and that I'm not just talking to myself. You can also find me on the Somewhat Nerdy website. That's somewhatnerdy.com. 
Need to reach me? Leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or the Facebook page. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Leave a comment on SoundCloud. Hit me up on Twitter. I'm at, I'm Billiam S W N. That's B I L L I A M S W N. Email me at billiamreviews at gmail.com. You want Instagram? Billiam underscore S W N. Do you drink beer? I'm on Untapped. Billiam S W N there as well. Be sure to check out Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Square Circle, also on the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Also check out the Watch Your Mouth Podcast, my favorite foul-mouthed fundraisers. And finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billiam from Somewhat Nerdy, signing off. I'll see you in the future.